Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. Well, good morning. It's time we got some little joy. Now do you understand why uh, I have a hard time getting out of joy? Amen. I get somebody praying for me like that, and I, well, that's that, and off we go. Amen. I have noticed this, that uh, there's great, it's great to know about the unseen. And I can't see you, but I believe you're there. I can't see my heart, but I believe it's there. I hear it thumping, even now, a little bit more than normal. I get excited when, when uh, the word of the Lord rises up, and I get prayed for because I get in agreement with it, and then I get all excited, and, and then I can't find the book of Hebrews. I know it's in here. Just a minute. Praise the Lord. <laughs> my hands are all stuck. My fingers, there we go. Come on, Timothy. Come on. There it is. Praise the Lord. I was there all the time, you know. Praise Jesus. Are you, wherever you are, make sure you tell us where you are. Amen? Tell us where you're watching from today. And uh, if you're getting on the couch, make sure you can do something where you can go, amen. 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 I want to talk about focusing on the invisible today because that's where we're going to find strength. Amen. Now, in the great Hall of Faith chapter, that's what some people call it, uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, you can go there. I'm going to read a little bit out of the Amplified Version today. And uh, I'm preaching from the inside because I found the cold on the uh, Christmas Eve a little hard on my voice. So I have like conference voice. And uh, it will pass. Amen. Voice cords get stronger. It's uh, years ago. I was I had an encounter with Grandma Moore, who is Dr. Lairdon's grandmother, and I happened to bump into her in a restaurant, and she had not met me before, and she began patting me on the leg, and telling me I needed to look after my vo vocal cords because that was God's instrument in my life. Now she had never met me before. I never even told her I was a minister. But she kept, you know, slapping my leg, honey. And then she asked me all about diabetes. She had no idea about my history and that I would know things like that, having worked for urologists. So, you know, God works in people. And he told her all about me. And I had never met her. She had not seen me before. And yet she knew something about me that many people never knew. And she was telling me way back then, and that was early 90s, look after your vocal cords. Mm. Praise the Lord. So I'll, we should add that in that prayer when Pastor Doreen's there. Make sure you write that on your list. Pray for your pastor's vocal cords. Amen. So have you found the book of Hebrews? I'm going to look at some unseen things. Now faith, verse 1, uh, chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is not seen in and of itself, but we sure see the effects of it. We know when someone's in faith and when they're not. Oh, my. If I could just, you know, redo some prayer meetings sometimes. I don't, I, I try to be kind, but sometimes I'm like, all right, um, are you done now? Because there was no faith in that, and I'm getting tired. And I'm sorry, but I'm human, and sometimes I even get bored with other people's praying. 
Now, if you're being honest, you're going to go, oh, pastor, I'm not sure we should say that, but I agree. But that's not the kind of power agreement we're looking for in prayer, just saying. So we come back to, are you laughing now? I hope you're smiling somewhere. I mean, come on, we're just going to be honest about prayer. We need to come to the place where we actually believe what we're saying or wait until faith comes so we could. Now, how does faith come in your prayers? Well, first of all, it happens when you've got something that you've been reading or you've heard something that's clicked inside. And what do I mean by that? I often feel like faith is something like a light switch. The power is always there, but I don't always turn it on. You know, God's talking, but I'm not necessarily listening because I got my own plan. But none of you have ever done that, right? So we come and, and faith kind of, it's waiting. It's like there's a, a word that God gave you on the inside. It's waiting. It's waiting for you to really connect. If you just, you know, I, I wonder sometimes if the angels are just kind of go, throw the switch, come on, you know, because they're encouragers. Angels are encouragers. And, and I'm glad that they come out of a place of patience because they're God's messengers, so they must come out and be under that. Amen. They're helpful. And I, I know as soon as you will click in with what God has put in your heart, something wonderful takes place, and it's noticeable. That kind of faith is seen, but not with the regular kind of seeing. God wants us to step into some unseen things, I believe that we're coming into an age where if we don't understand how to cooperate with the unseen, we're going to continue to have struggles we were never meant to have. And we've got to get a hold of faith again. What is it like to activate it? And we, we know how tired works. We know how fatigue works. We need to learn how faith works and accept it again. It's the substance. There is a substance when people get a hold of faith there's like, oh, when they talk, you know, think about what they said about Paul. Oh, his words are weighty. There's something that happens. They're like, oh. He, and, and he could have said very little. He said, oh, and when he writes those letters, there was weight to it. When faith is moving and it's, and it's because you really believe it, you won't be moved. There is a substance. There's a weight to it. And people will know whether you believe it or not. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that dogs are the sniffers of faith or anything, but a dog can sure tell you when you're afraid. Even a dog knows, right? Have you seen that? Dogs will come up and they'll, they'll get around you. And if, they're, if they sense fear, man, they're on it. That's a dog. If a dog can discern faith, I think people can. Kids can. You know, you want to go and meet this, this weird cousin you haven't seen for 20 years and you've always thought they were weird, but you, now you suddenly want your kids to hug them? Don't make them. If they're hiding behind your legs, let them hide. Parental wisdom 101. Don't make people hug people. Of course, they're not allowed to right now anyway. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> some things were good about that thing. That restriction, there are some places you can use it as a blessing. Amen. Find them, use them, and enjoy them. Are you with me today? It's so funny, you know. I believe you're there. Some of you are smiling at home. I'm having faith for that today. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Now I'm going to flip on down to a little bit more. I'm going to go down to verse 24 because, it, I mean, it's all good, but I want to focus on some things today. This guy, Moses, 
he, he had not seen a lot of things that suddenly showed up. Imagine dancing snakes. I mean, come on. Had he ever seen that before? I don't think so. Oh, and there's going to come a plague. Suddenly there's flies everywhere, and there's lice, and there's like, dear Jesus. I, I, you know, I, I'm grateful for the places God has used me. There was an opportunity when our children were in public school, and I began to, they invited me. They couldn't get parents to volunteer. Would you like to volunteer for the head lice committee? And I thought, well, I'll get to put my hands on all their heads. Maybe I will. So I said, yes. But there were things that I saw that I had nightmares over, and I'm glad for the blood of Jesus. I had to learn to pray for my eyes. You keep praying for my eyes, amen. <laughs> but I saw things, and and praise the Lord because there was a few of us doing head lice checks that, that they go. I, I don't want to look at that kid's head because he's trouble. Oh, I'll do that. So, so one lady goes, "How come you're smiling when you're checking?" <laughs> they didn't know what I was doing. Thank you, Lord. I speak peace in Jesus' name. They, you know, quietly, quietly just laid hands on all the troubled children. There's always a way, even in a plague. Amen. <laughs> so Moses encountered things he had never seen before, not with his natural eyes. And, and he gets all excited about this. In verse 23, we're going there. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because he saw he was a proper kid. I like the old King James. It's kind of funny sometimes, hey? And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Now, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You know, it's interesting because the Amplified uses the word he was aroused by faith. Now, it, it means his faith woke him up to a new reality. When faith is at work and it has a substance or a weight to it, it opens you up to a different way of seeing things. It opens you up to new perspectives. Oh, my. He begins to say, you know what? I got all this stuff, but it means nothing. The very people of my DNA are suffering every day. But he didn't see it before faith was alive in his life. And when faith came alive, he began to see the distress of others. He said, you know what? I'm not in this anymore. When faith arises like it needs to right now, we will see, you know what? The government's not my mommy or my daddy. We need to find the place where we rely on our living God and have faith in him. I understand and I'm not against doctors, but there's a limitation always. All they can do with all their medicines is stimulate the body and hope for a response. But it's typically not the hope that Bethany was talking about. They hope that what they do will stimulate the body so it can have time to heal. But we know a different way, don't we? We know a different way. There was something that happened when faith woke up in Moses' life. And when faith wakes up in my life and when it wakes up in yours, oh, hallelujah, something different about to take place. And I'm going to continue on in verse 25 with the Amplified. Because he preferred to share the oppression, suffer the hardships, and bear the shame of the people of God, rather than have the fleeting enjoyment of a sinful life. What a perspective. I remember when I was younger and I was reading the Bible. I've read the Bible through, I think we started doing that in Sunday school. So probably as soon as I could read, I was reading it. 
And, and they used to talk about the pleasure of sin for a season. <laughs> and I thought, I have praying parents and grandparents, it was never pleasure. It was torture. I know a few other people who could agree with that, right? Right? Yeah. Our worship leader, Shalane, she goes, I'm right there with you, sister. Yeah. No, they, you know, our parents, my parents, her, hers also played organ and piano and, and as well as being pastors. And, and my mom, she, she'd be on the organ or the piano and she'd just give you that look and you knew, you knew what was coming. And if you continued in that behavior, it would happen at church. There was a place where we began to see things differently and, and realize that that pleasure of sin was short-lived anyway. That moment where you thought you were having the best time of your life turned out to be worse later. And, and so the pleasure was so fleeting. But when I was with people who love God, that pleasure stays. It stays. And, and I might not have all those things, you know, that I had. I didn't go, I, you know, I'd always heard about all these people went to the bar and stuff and did dancing and all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to see what they were doing because it looked like fun. And the people that I worked with, I was working at that time part-time and in the bank so I could have some money so I could travel and do missions. It's funny how you end up. And they'll come on out with us. We're going to Peelers. I did not know what that meant. That was not in the house. That was not the language. I did not know. And I get with all the, the girls from work. And I had my eyes opened in a new way. And was like, oh, well, that's not what I expected. So sometimes our eyes open and they're open to wrong things. If they stay open to wrong things long enough, they develop a habit of looking at wrong stuff. And, and that place where, you know, I guess it's not so bad. We sort of had fun. We were laughing. And of course, if you get drunk or, or you, you drink enough so that you don't remember, then you'll do it all over again because you didn't remember what happened the last time. And I realized that there was a downside to this. If you do get drunk like that, you don't feel well the next day. As a matter of fact, you feel really awful. And you start naming your toilet new names. Because you develop a relationship you never wanted to have with it. There are times when the pleasure of sin was not a pleasure. Moses had that awakening. And he went, hmm, that's not a pleasure. The sinful life. Not a pleasure. Not a pleasure. But to be with people who love God. Oh, my, my. And, and yeah, it was hard work. And sometimes Christian life is hard. But not in the way people think. People think, it's hard because you can't sin. No, that's not the hard part. The hard part is loving people that really need loving really bad. And you're like, God, you're going to have to help me with that one. You know, that's, that's some of the hard. When you see the reality of the situation that people live in. And they don't want to change. That's hard. When you see the freedom that was bought so preciously by Jesus. And they go, meh, not for me. And you're like, and you'd rather live in that mess. Hmm. That's hard. That's hard. When I see people suffering with disease because they embrace it because that's their deal. 
and never reach out to Jesus who could heal them. That's hard. In verse 26, it says, he considered the contempt and abuse and shame born for the only Christ, the Messiah who was to come. He was looking ahead. He couldn't see Jesus. Moses, like, I mean, and he's looking ahead to that. That was an invisible thing. And he's looking ahead to what's coming, to a promise of God. Jesus has already come. He's gone to the cross. He's got resurrection life. And we're still going, well, I don't know if I want that. And we have the Holy Spirit to help us every day. He did not. I don't know why we fuss sometimes. Well, because we want to do it our way. He looked forward and away to the reward. Now watch. I believe this is going to change your life today. That's my faith. And I believe it. I believe this. Are you ready? Are you ready? Come on. Get ready. This verse is going to help you. It's going to help you. Motivated by faith, he left Egypt behind him. Being unawed and undismayed by the wrath of the king. He wasn't afraid of this world. And he wasn't afraid to leave it behind. There are some of us who are going to have to leave some things behind. That have been troubling us way too long. We've had a relationship with the world that, we, that is, is hurting us. Hurting us. And he just, that whole awe, you know. You had it once, but you don't have me anymore. Unawed. It's undismayed. What a funny way of putting it. Ain't going to hurt me anymore. Mm -mm. I know there's something better. For he never flinched, but held staunchly to his purpose and endured steadfastly as one who gazed on him who is invisible. The most strange thing we could ever ask any person is to look ahead at what they cannot see. And yet it is that focus that will hold you through any challenge, through any situation that will cause you to overcome anything when you will hold steadfastly, unflinched, unmoved by the opinions of others. When you look to Jesus, when you see him, when you're by faith have said, that's my God. But you can't see him with your natural eyes. When faith arises in your life and you get a hold in your mind's eye, in the spirit man eye, that place inside that sees it like Moses went and he went, wait a minute, I don't want this anymore. Faith arose and he saw things differently. When that comes in and it arises up in your life and you take hold, then you're not moved. Nothing to move you. You be unflinching. And you're looking what the world cannot see. And when that's in your focus, everything changes. Everything. My life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. And it won't matter about yourself. Self has become the greatest idol of this day. But when your focus is on Jesus, 
you'll have this same encounter Moses did. You'll have it. It'll shift everything. Sin will lose its appeal. Temptation will get underfoot like never before. It's like there's no temptation when you're not in awe of it. When you're not looking for the party, but you found it. You found an eternal party where you can celebrate all the time in any situation. Where even if they hang you upside down for your faith, you can still worship him. Even if they put you in prison, you can worship him. Even if everything is wrong around you. Even if you've, you've got no legs or arms or anything like that. It won't matter. You think of the people who've gone through terrible and devastating, uh, tragic accidents. But they still have breath to praise the Lord and they praise him anyway. I often thought... You know, I remember the movie and the story of jo uh, Johnny came out when I was just a young teenager. And I thought, how could she do this? How could she keep going? She was uh, dove off of uh, uh, was, uh, swimming and dove off the, the pier and became a quadriplegic and still loved God, found a way to continue to worship him. All she had was her mouth. She paints pictures with a paintbrush in her mouth and they're beautiful she still gives testimony to the Lord Jesus Christ her perspective changed she still had faith in God how did that happen focus now I know in the early days there were lots of tears but when her perspective got on Jesus when her focus became the invisible and the unseen was seen Everything looked different. Everything. Everything. And if we would just, at this time, begin to lift up our eyes and lift up our head and see that this invisible God is really so visible. He's not hidden from us. He's not. And look at him. That's where the answers are. The magic of this world dissipates. It's easy to trust him. You know, you're in his hand. Different things begin to happen. You realize that there's a life force that's in there that begins to come along. It just bursts up in you. And then scripture says, in him we live and move and have our being. Now, they've got one of these big giant lights in here and and it's kind of in my face but they have a little shield kind of over it praise the lord but if i look in that light instead of at the camera i kind of get blinded by it and it kind of and i walk away and all i can see is the light ever done that i mean sometimes we as children do some silly things and sometimes as adults too come on i like yeah let's look at the sun and then, you know, and, and you look straight at it, Let, you, you know, and the, the hard part is this. This is what we do. Don't look. I'm going to turn on the light. And everybody goes. <laughs> and all you can see is the light. But if you look long enough at the light, you can actually start to see the shape of the light. It's an interesting thing that happens. Now, don't go home and start looking at lights. It hurt your eyes. But there is a place where when you're looking at the sun, first of all, you just kind of, you're blinded by it. But if you stay there, you actually start to see the shape of it. And it begins to come in focus. 
bright lights can hurt us or help us. It's just funny. Just one of those things about lights. But as we focus on him, we realize Jesus is the light of the world. And he's not ever going to hurt our eyes. But he's sure going to open them. It says in him, John 1, 4, in him was the life and the life was the light of man. That word life is that Zoe life that comes out of heaven that flows through Jesus Christ. It's what joins us together. And when you allow Jesus to really come in, I mean surrender. Not this, I'm glad you can speak 10 verses and you can quote them all perfectly. Because there was a time, hear me, there was a time when I was little. I have a really good memory. I could memorize verses and I could win all those memory awards. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure Shalane could do it too. And, and when they played those Bible games, you know, where you look it up. Man, I was fast. I could find it. Sometimes I could even quote it without looking at it. And then they said that was cheating. I had to find it in my Bible. I was very good. I had a great memory. But all of that was not faith. When I surrendered me because I wanted to, not because I had to, not because it was an emotional time, not because I was desperate or needy. There were times, absolutely, when, oh, I need Jesus like really bad right now. And then you do the, like the emergency prayer. You call 911, Jesus on the hotline, you know, Jesus on the main line, going down, yeah, you know, I've been the one, throw out the lifeline here, somebody's fading away. I've had those times where I got needy, and I reached out, and God's so good and kind, guess what he did? Yep, he rescued me, and then there's this, this one. God, if you just rescue me this time, I'll give you the rest of my life. Oh, my. Yeah, like, you know, that's not the great grace exchange God was talking about, okay? Yes, he has grace, and yes, he'll help you, and he's good and kind, and, and, and lots of prayers like that. He's actually answered. But he's hoping that you do more than an emotional take on it. And I'm glad for those times. Because later, when I really came to the point of surrender, I remembered them. I remembered his goodness when I wasn't so good. I remembered how he rescued me when I was needy and never complained when I didn't follow after. I remembered those times. But when it came to the point of true surrender, where I really let go, Something changed. Everything started to look different. And I'm so glad. We're coming into an age where surrender shouldn't have to be something we've talked about, but it's necessary. Where we really let go and let the life that was so precious Jesus gave us come inside to surrender to that, to let him flow again. And to really give up that last breath. Not because I have to. Not because you're feeling emotional watching this today. But because of a reality. Where faith begins to arise. You go, I really believe Jesus is God. I mean, I really believe it. 
I really believe he can change my life. I really believe he is my answer. And suddenly all those plaques you've ever read were true. I really, I really do want world peace. There's something happens inside. And it's real. And the world needs us to be there where it's real. Where our focus is on the invisible. And the invisible becomes the visible. And then we're not moved. Because when you're looking at that light, everything else you cannot see. You can only see the light. And that's a good place. But it requires that surrender. I know this. I'm glad I did. I know I have no regrets about it. Do I get chided for it? Yeah. But it doesn't matter anymore. I used to be really concerned with what people thought about me. You, Pastor? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Was the sermon okay? Did I pray okay? Was I living out right outside of the church? Was I doing this right? Was I doing that right? Oh, Jesus, I just want to please you. But it was never because of that. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. It was about me believing him. Did I really believe him? And as long as I was doing it myself, I didn't. And he patiently endured me. And he'll patiently endure you. But I'm telling you, there is a call that has gone forth in his realm into ours. That is that deep that the psalmist wrote, King David. That place where deep is calling unto deep. And it's calling us inside. And many who I've spoken to are sensing that call. They're sensing it's time to do what we've always known to do. And some are shaking with it and they're feeling unsettled. But that's sort of normal. Because when your eyes come open and you see the true state of the matter, for a moment, you might get a little concerned. But keep looking and you'll see his perspective. And you'll realize, just like Moses did, there is deliverance. He'll get you all the way through to the other side. But it's time for us to respond to the call. Some of us just don't know how. And as we heard this morning, you just have to say yes. That's all. It wasn't complicated. I just had to say yes to the Lord. Yes, Jesus. I hear your call. I'm stirred by it. I'm going to go. It's not my life anyway. You bought me, Lord. I'm yours. That call is big. And it's strong. And it's okay. It kind of needs to be a bit loud sometimes. We love you. And God loves you. And he'll be kind, but it's time, folks. Oh, shakete. It's time. It's time. Hear his call. Let your ears come open. Let you be steadied in focus. 
Let faith arise that's just been waiting for you to say, yes, Lord, I I believe. You are my God. You are my God. And I surrender to you. Will you pray that today? If you're praying that today and you've never prayed it before, we need to pray with you. Make sure you let someone know. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3W, 3B1.